Hello and welcome to a special instalment of Lunchtime News from Salon. I just thought I'd give you a wee update on everything that's happening over at Salon Towers because we've got so much going on and I feel like I overwhelm you with news and then people say to me, oh, I didn't know that you had a TV series or I didn't get tickets for that event. So here we are telling you what is going on. And by the way, get in touch and tell us what's going on for you today as well, whether that's baking or whether that's avoiding work or writing or reading. Anyway, first things first, Big Scottish Book Club. So there are four episodes in the first series and each episode is an hour long, an hour of books on the telly. I don't know when books were last on the telly, um, but we've brought them back and I'm very excited about it. And it's a brilliantly big team of people from IWC, the nice people who make Location Location with Phil and Kirsty, um, and BBC Scotland. So there's me on the screen with the authors, but there's about 50 or 60 people behind the scenes making it all happen. The first episode is all about crime. That's got Ian Rankin, Sarah Collins, Ambrose Parry in there and poets as well. Every week we've got poets, Andrew McMillan, Richard Scott, quite hard to do Richard Scott because so much of his poetry is so filthy. Um, But we managed to find a bit that could be read out on the BBC at 10 o'clock. Chris McQueer, a short story writer, Inua Elms, just such a joy to bring poetry to telly and what's amazing is that people think they don't need poetry or that it's not for them and then you look at the audience and they're all leaning forward and absolutely loving it so there are four episodes like I say so that's the big Scottish book club it is on iPlayer don't miss it it's going to be on there for three months I think so if you're one of those people who says oh I wish we had books on telly why don't we get books on telly watch it and then you cannot complain about it Um, and everybody can watch it all over the UK Um, and in fact you know watch it more than once watch it like all day every day maybe let your relationships fail maybe get fired from work because you just want to watch the big Scottish book club all day and all night I know that's what I'll be doing um, over the Christmas holidays can you imagine just sitting there watching myself anyway that's the big Scottish book club and let us hope there will be another series um I really hope that there will be um, because it's just been lovely hearing from viewers who have also become readers from people who maybe can't get out of the house or who feel that literary stuff isn't for them. They're not intimidated to turn on the telly and enjoy it and that's been one of the biggest satisfactions of it. So thank you to everybody who's been watching it and shouting about it and who's appeared on it and to all the people behind the scenes. So, that is the Big Scottish Book Club. What's happening with the salon? Are you subscribing to our newsletter? Because if you're not, you're missing out on being the first to get tickets. We did a new thing this year. Um, People were so stressed about not getting tickets. We started offering a code. So, it's very straightforward. Sign up for our newsletter. You get the code, which means you get to buy tickets before members of the public, which makes you special. You knew you were special anyway, but now you're even more special because you get a code that says... I am special. Give me tickets. So get your code, get your tickets and come along and we'll be releasing dates of when the next salons at the Savoy are quite soon, just as soon as we've sorted them. Um, We'd love to do a salon every week at the Savoy, um, but we can't. Uh, because we can't get our hands on that big gorgeous ballroom. Um, But as soon as we get dates, we'll let you know so that you don't miss out. And we've been doing work on our podcast. I was listening today to an interview that I did with John Waters in 2011, um, I think that it was. It's just incredible to think that we've been doing salons for that amount of time and that there are people who've been 
to pretty much every salon um, that didn't have to. They just came because they love books and stories and it's just the best thing in the world. So check out those interviews um, on our podcast and we'll be doing a partnership. We've done partnerships in the past with Notting Hill Editions and Slightly Fox and we've got some new partnerships coming up in the new year. So there'll be even more content for you that doesn't have me in it, which will be a blessed relief. Now, I wanted to talk about a couple of books that I've been reading recently, just because I can, um, and I think you'd like them, and I think they'd be good for you. This is a book called The Situation and the Story. Now, um, I've been working on my PhD for the past year about truth and ethics and genre in memoir. Um, I've been looking back at Maggie and me, and I've been thinking about what it means to tell your own story. Um, And I realised that when I started writing my memoir, I wasn't writing about my story, I was writing about my situation. And Vivian Gornick's fantastic book, which was recommended to me by Sinead Gleeson and Alexander Chi, amongst other people, um, really does clarify that. It helps you understand that you are not everything that has happened to you, or rather you are not only everything that has happened to you, um, and then not everything that has happened or that you have made happened in your life necessarily has to be um, a part of your story. So it really helps you sort the signal from the noise. Um, and in it she talks about some of her favourite memoirs, she talks about Joan Didion, she talks about James Baldwin, um, she talks about Edmund Goss. So if you are trying to write your own memoir and you're thinking, oh, how do I talk about me? Um, she gives some really practical advice in there, but more than anything, it's just a really empowering book. Um, I, wh- Whatever I write next, whether I write another novel or whether I write another memoir, I know that I'll be taking lessons from this um, on how to identify what the story actually is. So do read it, um, The Situation and the Story by Vivian Gornick. Next book is a book that I read yesterday, Nothing Like Fresh. It's actually a play um, by Lee Hall and it's The Pittman Painters. And I've wanted to see the play for years and I gave up um, on finding a, a performance near me so I decided to buy the book instead. It's about a, a real life story. In 1934, a group of miners in Ashington um, and a dental mechanic hired a professor from Newcastle University. They wanted to do economics, they ended up with an art professor and the art professor struggled to explain to them how subjective art is, how art is not necessarily about rendering a likeness but it's about explicating a relationship, making people understand who you are, who you are in the world and challenging that and telling a story. It's back to the story. So, you know, the paintbrushes on the canvas are the situation, the meaning of the painting, what it is to you is the story. And this play um, was so unexpected. Uh, It was very funny, um, but it's very powerful um, and empowering about what um, what the meaning of art is and, and how we can how we can all create, how we can all make something new. And um, let me find a wee bit of it actually, um, which which made me made me realize art is different. Art is about expressing yourself. And then one of the other characters says, no, it's not. It's about doing good pictures. The question seems to me, who defines good and who defines bad? Um, and on they go arguing about art. But basically it's just empowering 
um, and beautiful. You can transform things and make something beautiful, something profound. You can make something, that's the work of art, that you can change things and you can overcome whatever you need to overcome, no matter who you are, where you come from. You need a brush or whatever, canvas or a bit of old card and change things. That is what is important about art. You take one thing and you make one thing into another and you transform who you are and that's what you do every time you pick up a paintbrush or you try and write or you make a garden or you make friendships because they are all kinds of art in their own way so read the Pittman painters if you can and if you hear about a production that's going on please let me know because I really want to go and see it now here is one of my other favorite bits of regular book post this is slightly foxed and look it's got a chicken it's got a chicken on the cover it's like it was made for me it is a book, it's a little quarterly magazine about books, and it's got a chicken on it. Anyway, so um, it, it comes through my letterbox every quarter, and it's essays about books. Um, uh, books often that are forgotten, they also republish um, books that have been lost, and you never know what you're going to find in it. It's often quite random. You know, you'll pick up something and it's about Doric, you know, the, the, the Scottish language, or it's about you know, a lost interwar classic. Um, lots of salon favourites have written for it. The lovely Sarah Perry um, is a slightly Fox contributor. Um, but in, here's just a list of the contents. So there's a piece about Roald Dahl um, going solo, his memoir. There's a piece about Patrick Hamilton and the Slaves of Solitude. And there's a piece about Elizabeth Bowen, who is perennially being forgotten and remembered again. Um, and then there's this brilliant, um, brilliant essay, which I started earlier, about Fanny Craddock. Now, there's a book out about Fanny Craddock just now um, as well which is very funny. Um, but this is just an essay about Fanny Craddock, the TV chef with the amazing eyebrows. Um, she would cook on TV with her husband. Very famously once, uh, she made donuts and her husband turned to the camera and said, I hope all your donuts turn out like Fanny's, um, which is what you want in a donut, really. Anyway, this essay is called The Fanny Factor. Um, and here's just a paragraph from it. A signature Fanny touch was to make the edible look like the inedible. I'll let a veil fall over her banana candle, but I must mention her shoe pastry swans and chestnut stuffing ducks swimming on a pond of green aspic. Mm. Even honest dishes like mashed potato got the treatment dyed green and piped into duchess swirls. Fanny was a one-woman lobbyist for the glassy cherry and candied angelica industries. How have they fared since her demise, I wonder? Perhaps Bake Off has given them a fresh boost. I will hear nothing against the glassy cherry. It's one of my, my favourite additives to a cake, um, or indeed a cocktail. So there you go, three things that you can read that are lovely, slightly foxed, do subscribe. The Pittman Painters, very empowering, very relevant to now. And the situation in the story, if you're thinking of telling your own story, or you just want to find out more about how memoirs are constructed, get your hands on this. That's all for me and Salon News for now. It's over to the local news and the weather, wherever you are.